Welcome to The Howler. Your weekly look into the state of Wolfpack athletics. Now let's go to your hosts, Chris Lehman and Drew Blevins. Hello everyone and welcome back to another edition of The Howler. I'm Drew Blevins joined by Chris Lehman. We are about to give you the state of of Wolfpack Athletics. As always, we will have a guest with us. But first, Chris, it's been an interesting week in NC State sports. It was the ACC football championship weekend, so NC State is off. They'll be going to the Belk Bowl December 30th. The basketball team gets a win. Overall, a little bit better week than what we had seen last week. Oh, yeah, we see better performances and a good result where NC State ends up with the bowl game. So overall, I think it'll be fun to talk about what NC State had going on last week. And as always, we are joined by a guest in our opening segment, this time, we have the NC State head diving coach, Yahia Radman, with us. Coach, thanks so much for taking time to be with us. Thanks for having me, boys. So, I mean, this is one of the hidden gems of NC State athletics. This is a very successful program in swimming and diving. Can you just speak to what you do and how you interact with each of your individual athletes? Well, I'm with the, um, with the diving uh, segment of the swimming and diving program. If you know or don't know, our swimming program is right now, as the men are ranked eighth in the country. Uh, we finished last year at 8th, and uh, this afternoon we were actually ranked 10th. Um, this year we're looking for a top-five finish, and my job is to close the gap in the point total between um, the swimming and diving events. Right now when we go to NC2As, we have no points in diving. We are in a huge hole. Um, in order to make that up, that's why I'm here. I'm to do the um, the crazy high stuff. So... You talked about the narrowing of the points margin. How does it work with swimming and diving? Because they really are kind of two separate of, uh, separate events in and of themselves, it seems like. So each event, you get a, a point total per event, right? Uh, the amount of teams that are entered in it, you take those individuals, wherever place they finish in, that point total goes towards a team. And I think it's one of the few opportunities in the world that swimming and diving actually has a team total. Um, the closest... Closest thing you can imagine is in the Olympics, the medal count, right? So gold is X amount, X amount number of golds you'll get uh, in a in a swimming event. Then you have silvers and bronze and so forth. If you put that into total into points, that's how we do it at the ACC championship. How we do it at conference, um, the conference championships, at the NC two A championships, invites throughout. Um, right now, a winner of an event would be thirty two points, and we have quite a few winners. And then in diving, it's a black hole on the men's side. On the women's side, we have phenomenal uh, diving force and a great class coming in. We have a great class currently um, as long as we're healthy. So you talk about your recruiting classes, and it, at least from, from my experience in high school, swimming and diving wasn't a huge sport. You didn't see it around in the recruiting that you do with like football and basketball and right. sports like that. So what do you do in terms of recruiting? and Really, where are the hotbeds when it comes to diving in particular? In particular to diving, the hotbed would be uh, Texas is phenomenal. Florida has a great history of it. Um, in recent years, Indiana and Ohio have been phenomenal sources. And if you're looking for a great underdog, Pennsylvania is a great place to go. I don't know if you guys have ever been there. It's, well, then, you, of course, you have Texas, of course. But Pennsylvania, I mean, they just come out of the woodwork. I mean, you've got great talent. They've got great athletes overall. I don't think they, as long as you teach them how to walk in a straight line, I think they'll do great. So, Coach, 
you've definitely had the experience necessary to come to a program that is budding up and coming in the swimming and diving ranks. Talk about what it was like to move from Florida State to Wyoming and now here to NC State. It's been a roller coaster. You should ask my wife that question. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. It was um, the, every place has its pros and its cons. Um, coming here to NC State, it's it's different. It's it doesn't feel like a big school. It feels a lot like Wyoming, where you have three campuses that are that make up NC State: Centennial, the Veterinary Campus, and then uh, North Campus. At any given point, you'll never have more than 13,000 kids on a campus. Right there, that's the University of Wyoming. So it's very small. Down in Florida State, you had, correct me if the number was is right, it's like 35,000 kids at one go in one clump. Well, that's our total. We're the second largest conference or the second largest school in the ACC behind Florida State, but it does not feel that way. So it depends on the kid. Um, depends on the kid when you're in terms of recruiting. Uh, a lot of kids want the small hometown feel in a big campus. Well, I've recruited small town fields in Wyoming. I've done big campuses at Florida State, and here I think it's the best of, of all worlds. And two miles down the road, you have downtown Raleigh, which is awesome. So you really can't, you, it's hard to compare Raleigh to any other place that I've been to. It, it really is. I love it here. All right, now you talked about, you know, there are some great athletes. What kind of athlete are you looking for? Is there a certain body type or body build when it comes to diving that you're looking for? Flexibility helps. Uh, spatial awareness helps. Um, I don't know if you've jumped around on trampoline. Instead of falling on your butt every time you jump on a trampoline, if you can land and you kind of have an idea of where you are, that's something I'm always looking for. I'm always looking for, first and foremost, I'll always look for a good kid, somebody who's willing to work. I tell um, my team whenever I recruit them in, I look for the kid who finished 13th when top 12 go to finals. I look for the kid who is always in the silver or bronze it'd be great to have a champion but i don't want to manage athletes i'd rather teach them so i i look more for mental toughness than i do uh, any particular talent of course if the kid's a whale it's uh, no offense to the whales it's kind of hard to recruit them but i'll give them a shot if they got uh, the attitude for it i'll take it we're joined by yahia radman the nc state head diving coach here on the howler coach if you're to take us through an average day of training, what does that look like for an ACC championship qualifying diver? God, I hope no recruits are listening to this. <laughs> uh, our kids will get up at around 5, 5.30 in the morning. They'll come in. We start at 6 sharp. We either go for um, 10 minutes of jump rope or 2-mile jog, stretch, warm up, um, go through either a dry land circuit or go through a water workout that we would have for for about two hours until 8 o'clock. At 8 o'clock to 8.30, they go get breakfast, and then classes start. Uh, in the day, depending on what their schedule is or what year they're in, they'll get their weights in or their abs in, depending on what uh, day it is. And then we don't pick up practice again until uh, 2 o'clock to 4. And then we'll have weights after that or abs if they didn't make it during the day. Rinse, repeat all the way through the week. We'll do that on Monday, Tuesdays. On Wednesdays, we have um, an extended day, so to speak, where I spend a little more individual time with each kid. Uh, Thursdays, we'll go to Greensboro and practice tower. We have low platforms here so we can prep for it. But the um, the granddaddy is up in, in Greensboro, so that's where we're, I would take the team. We train there. Uh, Saturdays, we spend it on psychology. We spend it on 
uh, video analysis, mental preparation, just the less physical things that we need to do. And usually we're competing on the weekends. So, so uh, what are you looking for this year in terms of you talked about swimming and diving has a, a very good record this year. What are you looking for from your team this year? What are the expectations? Our expectations, um, we have the talent, we have the drive, we have the work ethic. Um, to play it safe, we're looking for kids to final. We're looking for kids to make it to NC2As, to qualify to NC2As and have fun. Uh, in reality, we want a national title. We want a national title. We want a conference title. We want to set the world ablaze. Um, blood, guts, glory, all everything that goes with it. Um, it just it totally depends on the kid on that day. If they want to step up to the plate, they can. And I mean, a lot of our kids are very capable of bringing home a national title, and that's not something many programs outside of the state of Texas and California can say. Uh, but we have some kids who can bring home a national title. Now, at the swimming and diving meets that you've had, you've had to compete against some of the top schools. You've had to compete against a number one Texas and a California and a Stanford even. When you're looking at comparing NC State's program to those programs, what's the gap like, and has NC State arrived there yet, or are there still some steps to be taken? It depends on the group. It depends on the group. If you are looking at the uh, swimming side of events, I think our swimmers are right there. They're right there. They're toe-to-toe -to -toe with some of the best in the country. If not, we are. We have a phenomenal sprint program. We're known as a sprint program primarily, and that's, that couldn't be further from the truth. We have some great strokes. Um, we have some phenomenal distance kids, great international talent. On our diving side, we have a girl who um, – who was one of the highest finishers for Team USA and one of the only finalists at the World University Games. So we've got a lot of uh, a lot of events covered. Um, how far are we from those teams? I think we are right there. The difference between us and those teams, we went through a bit of a dark age in the 90s and the 2000s, and we are just now coming back from that. So we're fast on the rise. Uh, they never took a dip. Texas never took a dip. California never took a dip. Stanford never took a dip below eighth place at NC2As. They've always been in the top five. Um, for us, once we get there, our goal is just to stay there. And winning winning ACCs will be just a part of the equation. It's just a thing you have to do in order to get to NC2As. I think that's where we are. We're very close to it. Okay, and you talked a little bit about it when you talked about kind of the, the daily regimen that you're – athletes go through but what specific things when you do like an in-water workout are you looking at to improve and what are kind of the steps to improving a diver i'll tell you what i took this out of uh, bobby knight's playbook when he was coaching indiana he said i will make practices living hell so that when the game comes the game is so much easier and more fun than practices ever were and I totally believe in that. I totally believe in that. I believe that our kids train their butts off. I make their practices nearly impossible. I'm, I write fail workouts so that they don't succeed. And those who succeed know that they've trained harder, they've outprepared and outperformed everybody else in their competition. Um, in terms of diving, we as high schoolers, when you, or when you go diving, when you're in a club setting, you're looking at maybe a dive every three to four minutes. 
once you get to state, you're looking at about a, a dive every 50 seconds, every 45 seconds. So the numbers add up a lot real quickly. So when we go into a competition, it seems like forever. And the kids are well rested. They know they've, they've trained. Their bodies are on autopilot. They don't have to think about it. Um, that's what, that's what essentially what I think our workouts differ from everybody else in the country. It's just a high pace, high speed, high intensity, if that's possible in diving. Uh, sure as hell is possible in swimming. And I try to replicate a lot of swimming into our diving as much as I can. So now it's time to actually look at the roster and some of the athletes that are competing and really starting to make waves, if you'll excuse the aquatic pun there. But you've got you've got athletes like Gabrielle McDermott. You've got athletes like Rachel Muma especially. What are they bringing to the table that is all of a sudden putting NC State on that fast rise, as you put it? Nice job with the pronunciation. Uh, Muma has gotten quite a few different pronunciations, and that is spot on. Um, I think... What did, our last coach did a, a fine job. He did a well a really good job. I think that the team just didn't buy into what he was selling. Um, when I came in, again, guns blazing, loud, obnoxious, very much a, a mirror image of our staff. This is what it's going to be. This is exactly how it's going to be. If you like it, great. If you don't, at the end of the season, I'll sign your transfer papers. No questions asked. You just have to give me a shot. A year in, and we're talking about making um, making finals at NC2As. I think Gabby Gabby woke up one day and decided that she was going to be a, a better than average diver, and she works as hard as anybody has ever I've ever seen or coached. Rachel decided that she wanted to have uh, faith in the process. She went through. Helen back. I think I'm on. Her, she's on her third or fourth coach right now, so she just has nothing to lose. Um, I think buying into the program on that end and seeing that we there is a, a team aspect of swimming and diving. A big thing that I pushed is our divers are involved with swimming, very involved with swimming. They need to know the events. They need to know what the kids' personal bests are. They need to know what um, what strokes are being swum, what the next event is, so that. When they talk, they're not ignorant. It's like you when you go into the real world. You don't want to talk about um, what you did in high school with a potential boss. College is a little more appropriate. If that boss was in a fraternity or sorority, maybe you can drop a few names from that fraternity or sorority. Make some kind of connection. You just don't seem like a jackass. When you're talking about NC State football, then you talk about, I don't know, Michael Jordan. It just doesn't go hand in hand. Know your stuff. So the kids need to know their stuff. They need to know what they're talking about. And I think that forcing them out of their comfort zone to get comfortable around other athletes, um, I think that's why we turned this program around real quickly. I know I gave them hell this week, so it better turn it around. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, Coach, as you start to look ahead at the schedule, I mean, December and January, really a mover and shaker type of time period as you look at swimming and diving. You've got diving nationals coming up in Indianapolis the 18th through 20th. Then you've got the Georgia Diving Invitational coming up January 3rd, 4th, and 5th. And then you go through this long list of schools, including Clemson January 23rd, North Carolina coming up as well, ACC battles there, all culminating in the ACC Swimming and Diving Championships February 17th, 18th, and 19th in Greensboro. 
all of these seem to be critical meets for NC State. How important is it on a week-by-week, meet-by-meet basis to come with your A game to start looking at moving your standings that much closer to being top dog? I would love to tell you that it doesn't mean any. I mean, honestly, in a way, it doesn't really mean anything until the end of the year. However, you don't get every every year. You don't get to go against Texas. You don't get to go against California every year. They might not want to swim you. Maybe you're not good enough. They gave us a shot, and we wanted to prove them that we are worth swimming. Um, Virginia currently, right now, their women are top dog in the country. Their last rankings, they were number one for the past three or four weeks. Um, Carolina is always a very strong competitor. I think they're all in the last I saw were maybe top seven, top six. Um, Clemson's a diving only program with a lot of depth, and we're trying to overcome that depth in the diving side. So every week I would tell the kids, you know, I don't care about dual meets. I don't care how you do. I do. I do. You need to be your A game on demand. And in my opinion, you know, what makes it, what sets champions apart from the rest of the herd is you step up when you need to step up, not when you are forced to step up. And I think our kids are are learning that this year, especially. Perfect example was down at USC at Southern Cal. Uh, Rachel Muma's first event was atrocious. It was just embarrassing. She got schooled in the event that she qualified on international competition. She's a member of Team USA in that event. And she was just shy of finishing dead last. And Braden and I sat down, our head coach, Braden, we sat down and talked to her a little bit about it and Essentially, it came down to like, you need to wake up and pull your head out of wherever it is. And the next day, she woke up and decided, you know what? If I want to win a national title, I can't just lay back and let it come to me because that's not going to happen. And ever since then, she's been on fire. Two ACC honorable men or two ACC uh, diver of the week dominated at the Carolina invite. Um, we're going to Georgia invite, which would be a great opening to SEC, which is always strong competition. Um, there'll be Big Ten representatives who between the ACC, the SEC, and the Big Ten, uh, those, in my opinion, are the most powerful conferences in the country. The Pac-12 is phenomenal on the top end, but I think they lack some depth. For us, where our 12th place finisher would probably finish in the fifth place at Pac-12s. In the Big Ten, maybe our 12th place finisher might not even make it into finals. I mean, it's these are great competitions, and in order to get to Olympic trials, that's you have to go toe-to-toe with the best. Well, the best. I guess the, the, what was it? You can't play to the competition. You always have to play above it, right? Well, NC State swimming and diving will certainly be heading up against the best, and we will see who will rise from the water as a champion. You just heard from Yahia Radman, head coach of the diving side of the NC State swimming and diving team. Coach, thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Appreciate it, fellas. Appreciate the invite. On the other side, Chris and I will be by ourselves once again. We'll be talking about football, basketball, the Belk Bowl, hockey, wrestling, a whole smorgasbord of topics as we will come back from the break. You're listening to the Howler, a production of Wolfpack Sports Television. Welcome back to the Howler. Drew Blevins alongside Chris Lehman. For the first time, you'll hear the voice of our technical director, backslash producer, backslash now, I normally don't say this because I think every interview we do is great, but Yahia Radman, that may have been one of the greatest interviews I've had the privilege of co-conducting. I mean, just so laid back, so chill. I very can't open. even explain He's it. Very candid I mean, too. He really great. was, and that is something 
outstanding about him. But we are going to step outside of the water now and back onto the green grass. And the green grass of Bank of America Stadium, Charlotte, North Carolina. Go Panthers. It, nobody asked you. No this one is, asked this you. Is about Th NC this State. is Let's about it on NC State. State. Let's okay? keep it on NC Maybe State. Maybe we'll get to the Panthers later on in predictions. But for right now, we'll stick with Wolfpack football. NC State will be heading to the Belk Bowl since – Charlotte, North Carolina began hosting a bowl game. NC State is 2-0 at Bank of America Stadium, formerly Erickson Stadium. They were able to win in the Meineke Car Care Bowl in 2005 over South Florida, beat the Louisville Cardinals in 2011 at the inaugural Belk Bowl. This time, they have a tough draw against the Mississippi State Bulldogs 8-4 team out of the SEC. Highly competitive, not to mention a preseason Heisman hopeful and Dak Prescott, who is in that backfield with quarterback position. I mean, Chris, this is an outstanding ball game. This is a great matchup for NC State to prove that they are a real football program in the ACC, but when you look at it from a realistic standpoint, this is a very tough draw and a tough opponent to play against. Yeah, but I think this is the best draw that NC State could have hoped for, even if it is against a tough opponent, because they get a good bowl, they get a bowl game with some publicity that's going to help recruiting a little bit, and I think this is a game that's winnable for them. It's not a game that they've been put into where you're thinking, oh, this is just going to be another Notre Dame-Alabama in the national championship where someone runs away with the game. This could be a very, very good game if NC State plays up to snuff and if they're ready for this game, which when you have about a month to prepare, you should be. And, of course, we're going to have to wait and see, but I have a good feeling about this game for NC State. I think they are going to play well, and if they don't win, they're at least going to show that they deserved the bowl game that they got. Well, when we had Travis Dalton back on the show a couple weeks ago during rivalry week against Carolina, he talked about ball security. What are your big keys for NC State to be able to compete, perhaps even look to steal a victory here against Cowbell Nation and the Mississippi State Bulldogs? Because it's a daunting task, especially when you've got Dak Prescott right there and his core of receivers who have just been outstanding. Well, the ball security, obviously, that gets talked about all the time. And, of course, in a game where you're going to have to maybe steal one, you're going to have to make sure you don't turn the ball over. So I think that's important. The big thing for me is figuring out this rushing game because NC State still hasn't had it figured out since they lost Matt Days and Shadrach Thornton. I think if they can figure out how to healthily use this rushing attack to supplement the passing attack and get some rhythm going, because that's really what this offense is lacking right now is rhythm. They don't put together too many drives or too many consecutive drives where they find a rhythm and move down the field and score a touchdown and that's what they need to be able to do that's what this offense was supposed to be predicated on was speed and moving down the field and the only way you can do that is by getting into a rhythm and getting into a groove and right now this team just isn't doing that see I'm looking at the defensive secondary which has been NC State's weak point practically all year long Dak Prescott is a vertical thrower Mississippi State and Dan Mullen throw the football down the field and not I mean we I've I think I've said Dak Prescott about 15 times since we started this segment, but the fact of the matter is, he is the quarterback, but the receiving core is what really separates the offense of the Bulldogs from the offense of the Wolfpack. And I think when you look at the defensive secondary, they need to force a turnover, maybe two. They need to get Mississippi State 
out of rhythm and then hopefully get the ball back to, to Jacoby Brissett and look for him to be the leader that he has been expected to be. I think this is a very important game for Brissett's legacy as he leaves possibly to the NFL draft, possibly to wherever he may go if he opts to continue his football career. But if he's able to get a win over a solid SEC opponent like the Mississippi State Bulldogs, I think that cements his legacy as one of the better quarterbacks in NC State history. And Logan, I would like to bring you in on this because you and I will be representing Wolfpack Sports Television at the Belk Bowl. We just received our media pass confirmation today, which is very exciting news. But, I mean, th- this is a huge game for NC State. It really is a huge game. And, you know, y'all, y'all bring up rhythm. I think that if you're a drummer, it's hard to have rhythm when you have weight on your wrist. You can't have that weight on you. You can't allow what happened in that North Carolina game to happen. There, there cannot be a 35-7 to to seven or any significant deficit, especially in the first quarter, because it's just nearly impossible to get that rhythm after that. So going into it, they've just they've got to be able to make the defensive stops, and they've got to be able to to not have those silly turnovers. I don't know what was going on with Jacoby, but he's got to he's got to get that ball up a little bit more, get it over that defensive line. Uh, I think that the offensive line was still giving him plenty of time. He was just he was he really just seemed out of it in that Carolina game, and it was really surprising to see him like that because I haven't seen him like that in a very long time. But that's just something that that can't happen if if he wants to leave that legacy that you spoke of. The Belk Bowl is in Charlotte, North Carolina at Bank of America Stadium, 3.30 kickoff, December 30th. I mean, it it's a big one. It I'm needs no other. It. It, yeah, I am too. It's it's going to be a great football game and a great experience. You can stay tuned to all of our social media platforms and especially our YouTube channel for a couple of exclusive productions from Charlotte, North Carolina. We're certainly looking forward to that. As we step off the field, though, we now transition over into the hardwood portion of NC State athletics. The women's basketball team falls to Nebraska, is able to defeat Charlotte, though one for one since we last spoke. Really, this is a basketball team that is all of a sudden coming into its own, 7-2, and two, quietly starting to garner a little bit of support from the powers that may be in some polls. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it wasn't really a great effort against Nebraska. But the women's basketball team is starting to become the NC State women's basketball that we were used to seeing back in the 90s and the early 2000s. Oh, I absolutely think that that's where it's going to end up. Wes Moore was an excellent, excellent hire. So you, you have to give Debbie Yao credit there. A great, great job finding him and bringing him to this program because he is going to take it to new heights, I think, and take it back to the days of Kay Yao. So I think he is is certainly trending this team upward, but I'm looking at the shooting percentages right now, and that is not good, especially for an ACC team because both the ACC men and women's are pretty strong when it comes to basketball. So you have to be able to shoot the ball. And while their defense has been pretty good and they've been holding teams in check, and that's what's keeping them in a lot of these games, and now not not necessarily the case against Nebraska, but that's what you see what will happen in the ACC schedule if this continues because that's a team that when they play them was re- receiving votes. It's a top 25 caliber team. You're going to play a lot of those in the ACC, and you can't be losing to them by 20-plus points. No, undoubtedly, you're absolutely correct. And the shooting percentages do have to come up, but Wes Moore is a defensive-style coach. I mean, he's never had a team that's shooting anywhere near 60%. I mean, at best, it's hovering right around 48 to 52, which, well, of course— Well, that's acceptable. Yeah, that's, that, that's absolutely acceptable. I totally agree, but— I mean, to me, it's bothersome that you allow Nebraska to score 88 points on you because I think if you're really going to look at playing good defensive basketball, you've got to shrink shrink that number down. Yeah, and I think that's just a result of playing a, a pretty good offensive team. That's one of the things that Coach Moore said 
post-game after that, he said you have to give credit to Nebraska. They shot the ball very, very well against NC State that night, and sometimes that happens. You look at the, the Duke-NC State game last year, the Mets. NC State shot ridiculous uh, 68% from behind the arc. That doesn't happen. J.J. Redick didn't shoot like that, and he's one of the best three-point shooters in the history of college NCAA basketball, basketball right so that's it happens every once in a while so that doesn't concern me too much I think their defense is fine I just think if you want to take some games and, and maybe win some games against a Carolina or a Duke where you're not supposed to win if you want to find a way to steal some of those it has to happen offensively as well because while defense can keep you in a game ultimately you're going to have to score more points than the other team and of course we don't want to cheat the men's basketball team out of airtime but what stands is the fact of the matter is they beat Bucknell 99-86. First time NC State has scored 99 in quite some time. I remember the last time I saw NC State breach that number, and that was a 101-80-something to victory against the Temple Owls back in the mid-2000s. So it's a rarity in college basketball to see scores get that high, especially at this level. But it's been the defensive woes that have been bothersome for the men's team. What's it going to take to rectify that situation? Well, it's just a matter of, I think part of it still is Terry Henderson's out, and I think Terry Henderson will add to that defense a little bit. So that's just something you have to wait on. He'll be back. and That date continues to get closer and closer, something we haven't mentioned, but it's coming up. So I think getting him back will help, but really it's just you have to make the system work. I don't think... That they're doing well. Obviously, they're not doing that right now. They're giving up way too many points, especially to a team like Bucknell. But offensively, I like where it's trending. I think they're finding a good system to run offensively, and I think you're starting to see a little bit more of that movement, and that will continue to get better. But defensively, especially, you talk about defense wins championships. You have to be able to keep yourself in games because the offensive power of some of these ACC teams is going to be too much for you to keep yourself in a game with defense. It is an interesting proposition, I do think, and it's been this interesting juxtaposition that you do want to see movement and fluidity, and that hasn't always been Mark Godfrey's style of coaching, but it's bothersome to me to see that the trend between offense and defense is the fact that there is a lack of movement, there is a lack of speed, and I think that does ultimately work to the demise of NC State if they don't start getting something going in the fluidity department, because basketball is meant to be a creative sport, it's meant to be a fast sport, and right now NC State just doesn't look like they're able to, able to keep up. Of course, we don't want to cheat NC State basketball on either ends, men's or women's, out of their airtime that they're deserved, but right now there is just such a small sampling size that we do have to move on. Make no worries, Wolfpack fans, though, because basketball will be dominating our airwaves, especially as we head into the next semester when basketball will dominate in Raleigh. But I now want to move on to a team that is this little itty-bitty hidden jewel right next to the swimming and diving department, and that's the wrestling team. And I say itty-bitty hidden jewel, well, guess what? The diamond just popped out of the mine this week because NC State went to Stillwater, Oklahoma, and knocked off the Oklahoma State Cowboys, one of the top five wrestling programs. Number in, four. Yeah, one of the top five wrestling programs in the nation consistently. They do so in dramatic fashion. Nick Wisdowski goes on to continue his win streak now 65 matches in a row that he's won dominant heavyweight Kevin Jack gets another win to his resume this is an excellent wrestling team that Pat Papalizio has and it really shouldn't be understated that now NC State is ranked number five in the nation and they're looking solid yeah and 
that's another reason to give credit to Debbie Yao. Another good job acquiring a great coach. The thing is, rather, sorry, the the thing is, this team is is just so good right now. It'll be interesting to see how they continue on because right now they have six wrestlers in different weight classes that are ranked in the top 25. Four of them are in the top 10. That's just something that you don't see very often, and this is certainly a team that's poised to make a big run in nationals this year and give NC State a chance at a national championship. The question is what happens when they leave. I think Coach Papalizio is a great coach and a great recruiter, so I expect that to continue, but this is a very, very good team and an elite wrestling squad that we have here this year. Indeed it is, and we will be talking about wrestling for many airtime minutes to come because this is going to be a team that is excellent. It's exciting that now we get to our picks portion of the show as we wrap up here, one of our final episodes before we hit the Christmas holiday. And now we get to add Logan Sims into our predictions, which Looking is forward to it. it's incredibly exciting. Welcome Logan, to the Octagon. Logan, I'm, I'm incredibly sorry. I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to uh, pick the Carolina Panthers versus my Atlanta Falcons game because I think we all know what the result of that is going to be in Charlotte, North Carolina. It is going to be nothing but blue and black, uh, literally and figuratively. So that will be left out. But we are going to so, start so out. we're not going to talk <laughs> so, about the game? So No, because I, 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 well, well, I would be not, too tempted to pick. Save it next week. Next I, week. I would, yeah. always next. Since we're not, I still want to put it on the table. I just want to say three weeks ago, I said that if we lose any game the rest of the year, it's going to be the Falcons in Charlotte. So if we win this game, we're going 16 and 0. Doubtful. I think <laughs> NC State is going to uh, NC State. See, Carolina. I think the Panthers our, are going the, to find uh, a way to Panthers. lose a game, probably because they're going to rest some. All starters, right, I think we had picks around here. Yeah, somewhere, yeah, right? we did we have did? picks around here somewhere. Let's Thank you, Chris. We're they? we're going to start. With the Belk Bowl, I think that's an appropriate place to start. It will be the Wolfpack against the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Chris, who you have in this one? I'm going to have to go with Mississippi State. I think you look at Dak Prescott. You mentioned great at throwing the vertical ball. He can take advantage of an NC State secondary that's not as tested as some secondaries, also not as skilled. You also look at the way he can run the ball, too. Good dual-threat quarterback beats NC State just about every time. Logan? It's going to be a close game. Um... You know, I love my Wolfpack. Uh, I'm going to have to say it's probably going to be Mississippi State, but I, I do think that the NC State Wolfpack are going to keep it close. Yeah, we lost to uh, we lost to Clemson by 15. We lost to Florida State by 17, but we have not gotten blown out this year. It'll be a close game. I agree it's going to be a close game, but Chris, do you know what Mississippi State fans do when they're happy or, or excited? Right in the Cowbells. Chris, I got a fever, and the only prescription is more Cowbells. I'm sorry, I, I, I've, ha I've had to use that line. It's an excuse to bring up one of the most iconic lines in television history. But I think it is going to be the Cowbills that are going to dominate the Wolfpack. L Logan, I totally agree. It's going to be a close game, but I think Dak Prescott is just too much. We will now go on to the Hardwood NC State. A couple of cupcake teams, but there is one match staring them in the face that could be very interesting. That'll be against the Missouri Tigers on the road in Columbia. Chris, who do you have in this one? That one right now is kind of a toss-up. It's a tough one to pick. I'm going to pick in favor of NC State. I think they're going to find a way to surprise some people. I think that's one in Missouri that you don't necessarily expect NC State to win, but one that they can steal. I'm going to say they steal it. I think that the NC State Wolfpack are turning around their season right now. I mean, I know it's very early in the season, but a couple of these wins and losses have been surprising. But I think they're going to turn around. Big win, more than 10. Missouri has really struggled playing defense, which is – 
interesting because they are a fairly high-scoring basketball team, but I think it's the defensive breakdowns that are ultimately going to cost them. I think NC State gets their first true road win. Uh, take that back. It'll be a true road win because they do play South Florida on Sunday on the road. We're assuming they win that game that first, we are which assuming. is likely. But like, exactly. You don't want to put anything in the bag quite yet. Don't put and, anything in the bag with this NC State basketball team. No, no any NC State exactly, exactly, team. absolutely true, right. Except maybe wrestling. And since we're going to be going on a quick little break during the Christmas holiday, I think now we have to pick a couple of matches that are going to be going on during that break. And we're going to start January 1st at the NHL Winter Classic, Gillette Stadium, home of the New England Patriots, the Montreal Canadiens, and the Boston Bruins. Who do we have in this one, Chris? Montreal Canadiens all the way. I think the Canadiens are a very strong team. Hurricanes actually surprised them a couple of days ago, but that's a, a really good That was Canadians with Mike team. Condon and Nett because Carey Price is out. Of, uh, don't give me that. Canes are terrible. <laughs> the, uh, Montreal, I, I'm going to go with Montreal. Montreal ca- Canadiens. The who? The ca- cana- How do you say that? Canadiens. Canadiens. It's an e-sports fans. It's a French-Canadian franchise. Doesn't Canadians. matter. The, Bo- the Boston Bruins, they're... They're a team that's been struggling. They fired Peter Shirelli. I mean, they've had to rebuild their entire roster this season. They're they're actually floundering around right now in the bottom of the playoff pool, but I think they're going to find a way to fall out. I've got the Habs in this one. I think that it is Canada who takes this battle between the Bruins and the Habs. And now we go to the college football playoff. This could be interesting. We've matched on all picks so far, but we're going to start with Oklahoma and Clemson. That one, oh, that's that's a very, that, very it's a very difficult one. Both I agree. of these are tough. I think the other one, I'd probably go with Alabama. I like with the way Alabama has been playing. Clemson, though, you always. But we haven't picked that. You, you've got to stay. I'm going to come back and I ask am. you. I think I think Clemson. Just you never know what's going to happen with Clemson. They made it through North Carolina, but I think it was not a bad North Carolina team, but slightly overrated North On Carolina a phantom team. Phantom offside call, and mind you. They not still got to score after that. Not still got to score. <laughs> Have you anyhow, not seen the explanation yet? Anyhow, I think Oklahoma is going to win that game. I think Clemson falls out and falls short. Interesting. I pick Clemson. I, I think they're a great team. I think Carolina is a lot better than – I think they're not an overrated team. I don't like to say it, but I, I don't think they're an overrated team. I think that that was a good game. I think Clemson wins the game. Clemson is a very deserving team to make it to the college football playoff undefeated. But the fact of the matter is now instead of – taking on an explosive Carolina offense, you've got to take on a big 12 caliber offense with Heisman semifinalist Baker Mayfield at quarterback. Believe it or not, ESPN right now has Oklahoma as the favorite to take home the college football championship trophy. I am not going to quite go that far, and of course, you've still got a few weeks. We'll be back on the air before the championship game between whoever that may be, but I'm actually going to take Oklahoma in this one. And now, of course, we come to my dearly beloved Alabama Crimson Tide against. It goes to NC State, Logan, and he's such a big Alabama fan. You know, fan. You know oh my it, goodness! It disappoints me. I swear he's bigger than than an. NC well, State. here here's the juxtaposition because they're also going up against my dearly beloved Michigan State Spartans. So three I, teams. Now we're bringing three now, teams. Now that in the that moment. that's it. It's it's <laughs> it's red and white. It's Crimson Tide. And it's a little bit of Sparty because I do have some family friends who went to Michigan State. I looked at going to Michigan State. Glad I decided to come here to Raleigh. But it's an interesting matchup, Bama or Michigan State. That one, they're both great defensive teams. I think offensively, though, Alabama's a little bit better. I said it earlier, Alabama. Michigan State, drop the mic. Really? Oh, my. 
I think it's going to be a surprise. I, I think that everybody's picking Alabama, and I, I don't think Michigan's going to. I think you to, left your no, head back in Michigan's your dorm room. I, I, I will say to Logan, to Logan's credit, Alabama's floundered postseason recently. No, thank now you, that is you. true. That is true. They had a real tough time containing Ohio State, especially Ezekiel Elliott in the run game last year. That one was disappointing, as I think everybody thought Alabama was going to probably find a way to win the title. It was at least going to be an Alabama-Oregon matchup. This year, the reason I'm going to pick Alabama is because the Big Ten and Michigan State, in their games they played against other teams, against Ohio State, against Iowa, it's been so incredibly low scoring. And I'm not necessarily buying that they're the strongest defense. I think their offense is just too weak. Nick Saban and Kirby Smart have a great thing going on with Alabama. It's going to be sad when Kirby Smart will be the head coach at Georgia next year as he is the front runner to take that job. But I think right now Derrick Henry is the Heisman finalist that he is. I think Jake Coker coming into his own as a quarterback. I think Alabama right now is the most complete team. And if I had to pick today, I think they're going to win this football game and the rest of the college football playoff. I've got Alabama. That is going to wrap it up for this show. We've extended it just a little bit because we had just such an excellent interview from the head coach of the NC State swimming and diving team, Yahia Radman. We thank him once again for coming in and taking the time to spend with us. For our technical producer and director, Logan Sims, Chris Lehman, I'm Steve Levin. You've just been given the state of Wolfpack Athletics right here on The Howard. We will see you next week. Thanks for listening to The Howler, a service of Wolfpack Sports Television. Find out more at go.ncsu.edu sports.